0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela,
1: And I'm Jen, and welcome to the third season of Thrifters Villa.
0: Oh, Jen, welcome, welcome. Happy New Year to everyone uh, that is listening, and welcome, Jen, to your very first season of Thrifters Villa, although you've been on, so it's like
1: (laughs) kind of your first season. That's true, that's true kind of my first yes it's kind of my first season but no thank you so much and um I'm very excited today because we have a wonderful and beautiful intelligent special guest that we have on here uh and today we're going to be talking to Mogi Beth
0: yay so exciting kicking off the new year with Mogi we are so excited to have you Mogi thank you for doing this with us and really what a better way to start off the new year than with you we love you And we've been chatting before we We started recording. So um, Mm -hmm. Mogi is a fan of the podcast. Just throwing it out there. She's not just doing this as a favor, okay? She
2: likes (laughs) Dr. Villa. (laughs) Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. So, Mogi, we always start the episode off the same when we have a guest come on, because not everyone's going to know who Mogi Beth is. I mean, we know who you mm-hmm. are and we're friends with you. But um, for those who are new and don't know who Mogi is, can you just give us a like, quick background um, on who you are, how you got started, why reselling, just all that fun stuff? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So, um, hey, y'all, my name is Mogi Beth. It's spelled M-O-G-I-B-E-T-H. Um, I have... A YouTube channel, Instagram. You can find me over there if you want. Um, I typically introduce myself as a six figure reselling business owner um, because I now have an office space, employees, virtual assistants who help me. I don't do it all myself mm-hmm. whatsoever, but it wasn't yeah. always the case. Right. Um, I've definitely built to get here. Mm-hmm. So I started, um, I actually started reselling back in high school, actually, mm-hmm. uh, I was reselling vintage housewares on Etsy.
0: Oh, that's yeah. fascinating. I didn't know yeah. that about you, Mogi. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, before I knew what reselling was, right. I, would just, I would just go to estate sales yeah. and buy, you know, Pyrex or whatever it was. and, then okay. sell on Etsy. and um, That was really, really fun for me. I made pretty good money for high school. That's awesome. And then mm-hmm. I had to quit when I went to college because I went to NYU and it wouldn't fit in that tiny dorm. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but then later in 2016, I learned about Poshmark. So I downloaded the mm-hmm. app and quickly fell in love with it. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of, I think my first sale was around this time in 2016 or January 2017. So it's about five years ago uh, oh, yes. where I started and I became obsessed really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um And I at the time I actually wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with my life. I was had moved back home to Kansas where I'm from and was in the middle of opening up a coffee shop, which is what I thought I wanted to do.
1: Really? Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I was (laughs) uh, gratitude coffee. I was in the newspaper Mm -hmm. and everything. Oh wow. wow. uh, Uh But I just I decided to pull the plug at the very last minute because I was like, okay, this is really the trajectory I want to go down. So kind of that's actually how I got into reselling. It was like, okay, this will buy me some time to figure out what I want to do with my life. Right, right. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, got my real estate license. Didn't like that, mm-hmm. so I decided to go full time in I think of 2018, the fall of 2018, and then quickly hired a part-time employee. It was like a high school student who came over after school. Mm-hmm. And then moved to Portland in 2019 got an office space, got a full-time employee later in 2020, hired another employee, hired Mm -hmm. a virtual assistant. Matt, my partner, came on board. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, we are about to close out. Um, The year we had about 250 Thousand dollars in revenue this year. Wow, so that was pretty oh good. That's great, Mogie.
1: Yeah, so we're <laughs> making it happen, but uh absolutely, yeah. you are. You guys that's are making at. it happen. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh so, my gosh, that's great. So that's I'm curious,
0: how, what made you get into housewares? Like, go back. Yeah, high school. yeah. You, you know it's funny. <laughs> it,
1: it, it's funny because I did I did research you too, Mogi. And that was one of my questions. <laughs> oh, <man>. uh, <laughs> go, did know, some I like, little
0: detective work on I'm you. <laughs>
1: detective work, and I was like, well, I want to like I want to make sure that I like know Mogi and everything else because you are so fascinating and amazing, and oh, I wanted you. to like just you know understand your story. And I did. I saw that that like you started selling on Etsy, right? And you had said knickknacks, right? yeah so, yeah what, what, what were those knickknacks you mentioned pyrex
2: yes so actually mm-hmm. I was my first love it has always been um cooking like I was really mm-hmm. obsessed with mm-hmm. cooking I had a cooking mm-hmm. blog called mogi kitchen which is funny <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, mm-hmm. and so we I every- a blogs where blogs
0: were like <laughs> what everyone wanted to do a blog yeah <laughs> yeah yes, yes,
2: exactly yes. exactly mm-hmm. I think that was actually my second cooking blog I you know <laughs> everyone had a blog um but um yeah, so I would go to state sales with my family. That was like, for some reason, our favorite pastime. State sales mm-hmm. in Kansas are actually really great for vintage.
1: Oh, and I then, could imagine. Yeah, yeah, you probably found really good treasures there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And they're yeah. not expensive. It's great. Um, and so I would just go to the kitchen section, find some really cute kitchen wares. And I just started buying it for myself. Um, and then my mm-hmm. mom was like, hey, you can't just put a bunch of your stuff in
1: the kitchen you're like a sixteen year old in like a full like chef's kitchen yeah exactly so I was like okay
2: well I like I really enjoyed buying this stuff I'm getting it for a great deal I'll yeah. just sell it and then I couldn't get a job anyway because I, I was you know in a bunch of clubs sports all this stuff so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it was a great way to make income in high school and so yeah that's kind of how I started and then I'm always fascinated with people Mm -hmm. when they get started
0: in high school but like seriously sell in high school because when I sold in high school so now you're talking like Craigslist era right like Amazon (laughs) was just kind of starting and eBay was a thing but it's not like what it is Amazon was
1: was a bookstore when it was it was,
0: it was, was for books but regardless like I was a casual seller and I made money to like, you know, pay for things or whatever I wanted to do. But I wish I had that mentality that some people had, like you had mogi to like establish it as something so early on because I feel like when people do that, like when I see all these teenage resellers in the community, and I'm just like fascinated by them. Like you are so smart to be doing this right so now, smart. in creating so this trajectory for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like I just wish I had half of that when I was in high school mm-hmm. because I feel like I would be I would be in a completely different place right now in my life if that mm-hmm. were the case. Now, obviously, I don't regret anything that I've done in my life in terms of schooling and all that kind of stuff, but it's like, where would I be if I would have actually like understood <laughs> what I was doing? Right. Yeah, and not it, just flipping right. things to buy a new bag or flipping things to buy books for school. You know what I mean? Like just like mm-hmm. that thought process. So I just, I always think it's fascinating when people explain their history and they're like, no, I was like in high school and I was already making a good amount of money. I That was my part-time job. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Yeah. There are some <laughs> high
2: school sellers that are just insane. Like they're oh, blowing, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. my high school <laughs> self out of the water. Um, but I think it's really good learning, you know, just how to run a Business. I think reselling is really just good for that in general. And mm-hmm. so and it's an easy point of entry. I mean, anyone can yeah. do it. I think when I was selling on Etsy you had to be 18 or older, so I just lied at the time. But
1: um, you're like, mom, just click there. this button for yeah, me. Yeah, it's put Um,
2: oh, but God. it was yeah, it was um but it was such a good learning lesson in yes. learning what, you know, profit is versus revenue and learning mm-hmm. how much am I actually making versus how much I'm spending mm-hmm. and understanding cash flow a little bit. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I didn't have a thorough understanding of it as, yes. as I do now, but I was able to put that on my, you know, resume and I think that helped That's me in college. You know, I think yeah. it's a really, really great um, opportunity for high school students to just I agree have that experience under your belt and mm-hmm. uh, even and then you know you never know where you're going to end up where you might need mm-hmm. that skill set in the future mm,
1: and I, I
2: never thought I was going to need it in the future but right, I did right
1: mm-hmm. and
2: mm-hmm. I, um, ended up loving it which I would have never ever guessed for myself but that's right amazing. You know. no that's, a, that's amazing I have one question for you mogi
0: are you gonna are you gonna open that coffee shop in the future <laughs> is it gonna no. happen
2: <laughs> Yeah, I no. like no I don't but want to do it <laughs> but I do my dream like and I don't know well, I'm a, a cat cafe
1: because you could open a cat cafe and I'm really bored with that there,
2: there's a cat cafe in Portland that I was I
1: gonna say Portland would definitely have a cat cafe <laughs> yeah
2: but I I'm vegan now well I'm vegan-ish I'm mainly vegan so my dream mm-hmm. is to open like a plant-based fast food restaurant oh but- so we
0: have one of those here in Rhode Island it's oh, called Plant City oh yeah. really it's called Plant like City it? and it's delicious.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm obsessed with if it can be convenient, healthy and Mm -hmm. delicious. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, what's better
1: than that? Yeah. yeah. I'll have to send you up. We have one out in, in San Diego too. It's something, yeah, it's all plant-based and, um, it's the same thing, right? The same concept, but I—I yeah. I mean, I love that. I'll take fast food any day, right? But yeah. it's, it's mm-hmm. healthy. It's um, exactly. all about
2: that. exactly.
1: <laughs> no. If I could stay in my car and just have no, to <laughs> see, that's the thing. Yeah, you know, I will say that, like with COVID, that did help a lot, though, because like. I was able to order a lot of things in my car and like with, a with like my baby in the back seat, sometimes I was like, I don't want to get out. So I would just like call in an order and they would deliver it. So that was always really awesome. And so like, yeah, I'm all about the convenience, <laughs> but yeah, making, making healthy food convenient, I think yeah, is a yeah. really, really great way to go. But let I me mean, see, look, there's your like entrepreneur mind, just like thinking already. ahead. I love it. Yeah. Like, but I think that's but, a great thing yeah.
0: about Mogi that, Maybe people don't like Mogi's. Not just a reseller, like that's obviously who, how we know her as. But like your mindset, Mogi has always been entrepreneurship. It's always been 100%. how to continue to grow the your your business, your brand, you know, in, in whatever capacity you want that to be. Your,
1: your scalability. You've always yeah. like seemed to be like thinking all about that, you know, because like. Like, I know when I was, like, looking you up, right? Here's my creepy self again, looking you up. You were just talking about, like, how your father, like, was helping you to teach you about, like, profits and losses and, you know, like, uh, you know, what's a net net profit versus the growth profit versus all this kind of stuff. And so it was, like, you always had that in your mind, you know? And, and it's really uh, amazing to see, you know, you working with startups. I saw, you know, you had worked up with startups and working with them and um, just always having that entrepreneurial mindset and how, even in high school, you were, like, okay, I do all of these club sports, right? All these things. And it's not, I but I want a job. How can I do that, right? And I think like a lot of kids back at the end of the day, I know when I was doing that, I never thought that. I just worked in the summer, you know, and saved yeah. up. <laughs> and yeah. then that was it. Because then I'm like, I, yeah, I had my sports. I had all this stuff, but it's really, um, I'm always fascinated by the way that your mind thinks. Because you're always like thinking, no, there's uh, there's got to be a, a way to solve this problem, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's always really interesting to yeah. see that. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family, so that was the model for yes. success for me. Was yeah. my dad worked really, really, really hard until I was in fifth grade, and then the family sold their business and right. he retired at like forty. So um, that's <laughs> You're also... like I want that. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, it means. was a very
0: yeah. large business. To be fair,
2: yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, um, so uh, so that's what I thought was like normal I guess and like what well you didn't know
0: anything else Mogi. so I mean that's yeah that was your upbringing I mean that's to know that's not your fault you know it's just what you were exposed to
2: yeah exactly Mm -hmm. I think we're all like that in some ways where Mm -hmm. we just look at our what our parents Mm -hmm. do and we think okay success is like that maybe a step beyond that um Mm -hmm. and at least when we're younger and so that's what I knew um and um my father would talk to me about um a little bit about entrepreneurship and I would get to see him he was a venture capitalist after that invest in different Mm -hmm. businesses and so I uh always 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 thought I would be an entrepreneur like there's no question like that's just what I'm going to do and when I went into reselling I was like okay how can I be a reselling business owner because I think reselling can be an amazing job it really can where you're just doing it by yourself or it can be an amazing hobby mm-hmm. um but to run it as you know a scaling business is just having a different perspective and how can I actually extract myself from this so mm-hmm. that it can run on its own and so that's yeah. really kind of how I viewed it from day one and mm-hmm. I think I've I'm slowly finally getting there where I could see I mean just not being a part of it at all which to some mm-hmm. people sounds like a nightmare but for me sounds like
0: that's uh, a dream nice as bridge. a business owner yeah. <laughs> yeah that is a dream as a business owner to be able to mm-hmm. to step away 100 well maybe
1: not 100 but 90 yeah. right and now <laughs> you have the right people right that you right. put in the right spots to help you to build that business to grow right, right? and yeah no that's that's so that's very impressive it's it's I mean, I enjoy watching that journey. I definitely do. So um, I have no doubt that you will <laughs> that you will get there. You know, I think just...
0: you know there's something mm-hmm. about that freedom that I'm sure mm-hmm. that you crave, Mogi. Of like, I have spent all these years building this thing up. That now I'm mm-hmm. finally getting to a point where. I can step away and I know that it's going to run exactly the way that I've been running it this entire time. Yes. And I don't have to like, just think of any corporate company, think of like a Walgreens or a CVS or something like that. That's literally what they did from the ground up. It was a family owned business. They put all these things mm-hmm. into place, all these different you know criteria that needs to be met. And it's just a, it's a conveyor belt. It just keeps going. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's yeah. fantastic to, to build that for yourself and your future and your, you know, and, and, in whatever capacity you want that to be, because it might change a year from now or two years from now. You might want to go right. in a completely different direction of reselling and say, you know what, the whole clothing aspect of it is great, but I want to scale that back fifty percent, and I want to mm-hmm. focus in my other fifty percent on whatever it is, whatever Mogi wants to focus on, right, in terms of reselling.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, well Matt and I are actually we're launching an another business in 2022 mm-hmm. and that's where I'm I'm full-time at currently and also he is too and so mm-hmm. this is being able to do that especially this year it's been a massive focus on mine has allowed me, I still have income from reselling and Mm -hmm. I have someone who really knows the ins and outs as much as I do, who Mm -hmm. I can rely on. Yeah. And And, knows
1: it the way that you want it done. Exactly. That's what's really important. Right. Mm -hmm. And honestly,
2: (laughs) when you hire someone to do the work, you know, they're being paid to do it. They will show up consistently (laughs) more so than you would, you know, you, you kind of give yourself a break, like a day off here and there, but They are working for you, you know. They're getting paid. They're like, I'm a terrible
1: employee, but this
2: great. So in a lot of ways, like consistency has gone improved a lot, you know, since stepping away. So um I can't tell you
1: how many times I've told myself that I'd fire myself, you know. Oh yeah, (laughs) every day. You are the worst employee. (laughs) The worst employee (laughs) ever, my gosh. (laughs) It's hard
2: (laughs) hard when you have a million things going on, you know. And There's yes. always life in the way. So, um, yeah. people, you know, you always make time for your job because you don't have really an option. So, right. um, Because when you're not self employed, so yeah. it's nice mm-hmm. to have those people who, you know, you can rely on and uh, who are being paid to show up yeah. every
0: day. It's <laughs> true. true. So, That's- I think we've established who Mogi is, right? Yeah. Like, we yes. all know who Mogi is and her background and everything. And I think. The one thing that Mm -hmm. Jen and I really wanted to showcase for you guys that are listening is um, obviously Mogi's understanding of business and how business savvy that she is. But Mm -hmm. the other aspect of reselling that I think um a lot of us get hung up on you know we all get hung up on the bolo brands and all of these different things that we mm-hmm. should be focusing mm-hmm. on as a reseller or that we think we should be focusing on as a reseller right because right, I right. you mm-hmm. can focus on a million different things but I feel like there's always this heavy presence on bolo brands and all of us all three of us are guilty of pushing out there what we think bolo brands are and we wanted to take right, time right. For this episode today to just have everyone really get an understanding of what that means to mogi and to jen and myself and Mm -hmm. why we take the time and why mogi is taking time to really understand and research brands and research their stories and why products are made a certain way and why she highlights certain things um, whether it's on instagram or youtube or however she decides to highlight for her Mm -hmm. community and i think it's important to have this conversation, especially being the start of the new year. We're all kind of getting revved up, right? For a new year and Mm -hmm, a new chapter mm -hmm. of our business. And we're in quarter one and, you know, all of these different things, Mm -hmm. the motivation of it all, right?
1: And I think it's great. And now is such a good time to go out and thrift because this is when the thrift stores are like Christmas for us. (laughs) It is, it really is.
0: So let's Mm -hmm. like, let's have that conversation, Mogi, about BOLOs. Because I feel like um, the influences of our community, we all are influencers to some capacity. We have a tendency to share or overshare what we think bolos are. So what's your perspective on bolos and how have you like taken that concept and evolved it into what it is today for you and your business?
2: Yeah. So I think this is actually a pretty natural progression because I think um brand research is really the one thing that's hard to train to someone else like I think it's the one thing I've really held on to is sourcing and choosing what you are picking up and mm-hmm. no matter how you source um and uh, brand selection style selection condition yeah. selection everything like that and so um when I think of uh it's the differentiating factor in my opinion brand research and just uh, trend research uh, between someone who does this professionally and someone who just does this kind of, you know, for fun, um, mm-hmm. because um, that's your expertise. That's your, you know, alpha or whatever you want to call yep. it. So
1: your secret sauce, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, that, in retail, mm-hmm. I, I, both y'all have retail backgrounds, you know, mm-hmm. they, they commit a lot of money to trend reports, consumer oh, behavior. Understanding yes. their customer base and their different segmentations and so forth, and
1: absolutely, um, I think
2: mm-hmm. that's really important as a reseller as well. And that's something that um, is going to look very, very, very different for each and every reseller because mm-hmm. we, in my opinion, you know, I, I think there's. I was listening to another thrifter still where y'all are talking about like curating your closet and how that was a yeah. thing back in the day. Yes, that and really It was, was. totally mm-hmm. a thing and some people still do it and that's great. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So my, my take on it is um, having a area of expertise can be really beneficial. And so it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be curated. Like it doesn't have right. to look perfect, yeah. but if you can really understand who your customer, your primary customer is, what they're shopping for, what brands they're looking for, what styles they're looking for, then you're able to really hone in on, okay, where do I need to do my research? and within mm-hmm. that segmentation you're there's going to be a ton of brands there's going to be so much information that you can really dig into on a regular basis and the more you really incorporate that incorporate that into your week i think the better you're going to have um, just a baseline upon which when you go into the thrift store you know mm-hmm. okay this is kind of what i'm looking for and of course you can't necessarily manifest those things yeah. but when right. you have- your brain in that way, and you have that perspective and you understand your customer, you're going to be able to feel things. You're going to be able to just pick up on things a little bit better. So over on my Instagram, I share Ebola brand of the day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's really, I love I, I i'm so guilty being like all right what
0: did mogi do? mogi didn't post one today mogi you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, i need to know, I know a new brand when it's funny because sometimes mogi will post a brand not to interrupt you mogi <laughs> but yeah. you'll post a brand i'll be like wait I feel like I've seen this before and I just didn't grab it because I didn't realize what it was that I was looking at kind yeah. of thing. And I'd be like,
1: oh, isn't that the worst yeah, feeling? You're like, you know? oh, I know I saw you. Oh my God. Oh no. Oh yes, yeah. yes. I I, I I, do like them too because I like to, try to test my brand knowledge. So I'm like, mm-hmm. did I know this one? Yes or no. And then when I don't know it, I'm like, no, <laughs> I didn't know it.
2: <laughs> anyway, no. I think mean, that's, you yeah, know, that is kind of like our lot. the last slide is, mm-hmm. did you know about this? brand yeah. I always like seeing. Um I'm there are sorry. brands that I, I didn't know about that like most people do. And I'm like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. And there are brands where I think everyone knows about and no one does. So and it's no just interesting. Does. Yeah. But um and I actually I have a social media assistant who like does all the graphics for that. So that's, like, that's another awesome. way that want to um, <laughs> take that off my plate. But I do all the research and come up with the brands myself. But um
1: yeah. but, because like you said that that aspect of the business is so tailored to what you've created right and so you know that and that i think that's mogi's the greatest thing to let go right mm-hmm.
0: that yeah. is mogi's brand brand knowledge is part of your brand it's who Absolutely. you are it's how you've evolved as a reseller and it's how your business has evolved which is which mm-hmm. is great um I think it's great when you're known to be like in that niche, right? Like you have that one thing that people go to you for
1: and it's a good niche. Yeah, it is
0: it <laughs> is a good fun. one. But it's, it's but one. it's different than other bolos that are out there and this is not to talk down about mm-hmm. anyone else who does bolos. Everyone does bolos differently. Everyone's business is different. Mm-hmm. Everyone's looking for different mm-hmm. things. What the yes. the reason why Jen and I really like what Mogi does is because she's looking mm-hmm. at the different more obscure brands, the brands that you wouldn't think mm-hmm to look at the brands that you're not thinking to go on like whatever website revolve Farfetch, whatever it is right And you're not thinking to go through the list and click on like all right i'm gonna click on all the f's today and you're gonna click on all, all of the brands yes. to F, right and you're gonna yes. like really sit there and understand what each brand is it's not necessarily going on platforms and okay what brands are selling really well on poshmark today kind of thing it, this is a different way of looking at it and i think that, and Jen and I do very similar things to this. And I think that's why mm-hmm. it appeals to, to Jen and myself because yeah. we like to understand why a brand is the way that it is. What are the categories exactly. within the brand that do really well? Mm-hmm. What makes up the brand? Why is it that customers want this brand? What mm-hmm. is it about this brand that people really like? It may be a brand that no one ever hears about and it's hard to come across. But when you do, you're like, oh, I know that people want this because it's made- miss it. Right. Sustainably, it's got this special thing about it that people really like. You know, I think that is so crucial when it comes to Mm -hmm. being in the retail space, because we are retailers. It doesn't matter which way you spin Mm -hmm. it. We're retailers. Absolutely. Um, You need to know these things about brands. Same as when Jen was a buyer. You needed to understand Mm -hmm. what it was about all these brands and why would a yoga studio want this legging?
1: What makes it so different? Exactly 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 like you said it's it is you do you don't it's not just brand knowledge it's brand research right and I have to say one of my favorite videos mogi that you did uh was your anthropology brands video that you did a long time ago but what I loved about it is that you literally and I'm sorry if I'm mixing up the videos okay but you literally (laughs) went into the thrift store and you're like I'm gonna pick up every single anthropology brand that's here and then I'm going to show you my thought process behind it. And that is where I was like, this girl knows what she's talking about. Cause I'm just like, you're actually putting thought behind every single investment that you're putting into your business. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not just, just because it says made well, just because it says J. Crew, just because it even says, let's say, like, mother or a Goldie or whatever, just because it says it doesn't mean you need to pick it up, right? It's about doing that research and understanding it that will make you a smarter buyer in the end, right? And when I mean buyer reseller, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, um, I think in my very last video that I posted, I talked about how I put back Misa, which is a brand I'm always obsessed and want to find. I mm-hmm. put back Faithful, the brand. Like I put- Oh, I know, put there's... that brand
0: back all the time. Faithful, the brand does not come home with me very often.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I still think- Well, that's the other side of the coin where yeah. there are a lot of brands where people are saying, oh, I never pick up J Crew anymore. I never pick oh, up- oh, like, go <laughs> my God. My heart. I know. Heart. There's elements within those brands Brands mm-hmm. that still yep. sell really well and yeah, still have absolutely. a really fast sell rate and a really good mm-hmm. average sales price, and so it, there's so much more to it, like you're saying, than just the brand mm-hmm. itself. And I think to what Danielle is saying, it's true too. Like, why consumer, why customers love that brand mm-hmm. and under because a lot of brands will like dabble in a variety of different things, oh, yeah. but really mm-hmm. the customer base is after something within that brand, whether right. it's like you know their sustainable material or mm-hmm. you know their they're tailoring or whatever it is, and so if you find a piece that matches, that has that brand, but also matches what customers are looking for within that brand. Yes. An example that comes to mind is Veronica Beard. Mm-hmm. If you find a blazer by Veronica Beard, oh. jackpot! But you if better you find- take oh. that and run, take it and. Run. I have yet to find a blazer out in the wild, and when I do,
1: I'm going to hold
0: that thing real tight because
1: it has such a following,
0: and their brand and their size yes. inclusive, yeah. which
2: is a big deal.
0: You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's if amazing. you find
2: jeans by veronica beard like mm-hmm. it, it, they'll still sell you know not but the same they're not, they won't have the same sell through rate they won't have the same no. average sales price and not even in the same ballpark so That's also it's really, like you
1: said where you can be smart right Moby, where you're like okay, well, I'll pay up for the blazer, but I'm not going to pay up for these jeans then because they're not yeah. going to bring as big of a return, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And,
2: that, and that's another thing if you do online arbitrage or retail arbitrage, a lot of the times they'll price them similarly. You know, they'll price mm-hmm. the jeans and this blazer kind of similarly. And so if you know, okay, I'm actually willing to pay up for this particular piece mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to have a decent profit margin here, but the other one, like, no, I'm, I I know this brand. In and out. And that's something that, yeah, mm-hmm. you can look up comps, and I am a huge advocate of looking up cons on Love everything. yeah, I agree. Um, but you kind of just need to know what to put in your cart in the first place, you know, and what mm-hmm. is worth even looking up and spending that extra time on because time is mm-hmm. money. And the more research you can do ahead of time, especially when you're heading into something like a buy, sell, trade store, retail arbitrage, where you're mm-hmm. just going to be inundated with really good brands, yep. good mm-hmm. pieces, but you're going to have to pay up. Um, the more research you can do ahead of time, the better and not just brands because but brands understanding brands but also understanding exactly what we're talking about what with style
1: now. material all, all that stuff all of and that like selling
2: now because what sold 2 years ago right a lot of times it's not going to sell well now this conversation
0: reminds mm-hmm. me of a conversation Laurie and I had with Ryan and Lindsay when it came to shoes because it's a very similar process now they're focusing just mm-hmm. on shoes but they're looking mm-hmm. at the exact same things so okay mm-hmm. they might spend 250 dollars on a pair of jordans because they know they're going to resell for 800 right in the mm-hmm. coming weeks so they'll invest in that but that doesn't mean they're going to spend 250 on another pair of jordans that they may have found at the thrift store it doesn't work that way mm-hmm. you know and in every situation is different whether you're buying it by sell trade whether you're buying it at the outlet store whatever it is right? right that all comes into into play with it too and i think the other part of it in which mogi you touched upon too is just because it's veronica beard or just because it's what j crew right understanding okay. what the labels mean and how to under and and how each label for each brand in their diffusion lines and how all of that differs and we've talked about it on the podcast before and have episodes mm-hmm. on it but it's like it's you need to i think the most important thing that we can say today is you, if you want to grow your reselling business further and you want to really get an understanding of all this and how and how to help your business grow in a certain way you need to put in even if it's an hour a week in researching just like one specific thing about a brand and maybe it's you're looking at the different tags from 2017 to now and like what those tags look like Mm -hmm. and um and and how they differ and all in all of that you know I I find that um I might find like an Ula Johnson dress right I found one Mm -hmm. once, but the label was old and it just wasn't desirable and It was so hard for me to not pick it yeah, up. I was going to say wasn't. that probably <laughs> <even> <laughs> it hurt killed me on the inside. It really did. But why was I going to spend twenty five dollars on it? It was yeah, a really old label, you know. Yeah. And it, it didn't make sense, and that's happened with designer too. Like that's I've come happened. across I think designer it's to all of us, right? I think yeah. That's
1: happened to all of us, right? Where we like see that. A brand that was like on our bucket list and we're like yeah. oh my god but it's not the one that I want You're <laughs> like, oh, wrong no. one. or you're like really damaged so, or something you're like I, yeah. can fix, I can fix the puckering on jeans right Right. okay I've done that before yeah and I
0: just think it's so important to understand that aspect of brands too because yeah the brand might be great but what generation is this label from now there's like a whole yeah. other conversation about vintage and all that that is I am not a vintage expert. I am not someone that the people can go to and be like, is this worth Mm -hmm. getting? I I couldn't tell you, right? I have no Mm -hmm. idea. But there are people that specialize in that. And that's all they focus on. I think finding where you're comfortable with, what comes more natural to you. And then there's some people that are listening that may say, I don't really care about any of that. I just like to sell things for fun. And that's fine. You continue (laughs) to do it that way. You know, I think that's the beauty of reselling is you can take all this information and like Pick pieces that you want from this conversation to help you in your business. But if you're still in a phase of your journey where you're like, mm, I don't really care, it's like going to the bins and
2: grabbing things and flipping them for 20 bucks. That's fantastic. For you. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's exactly it. And I, well, actually, talking about older tags, um, on my what I had a 50 Bolo brand like packet that I did. Yeah. yeah I remember year. you came out with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If people are listening, just like, don't even know where it started or like. What it's all going to be in the about. show notes. <laughs> don't worry.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's on yes. moggybet.com.
2: But in, mm-hmm. um, but that showed, I made a point to show older tag and newer tag Love for that. each one because that. that's mm-hmm. something that really needs to be taken into consideration whenever mm-hmm. you find a, you know, Bolo brand. But right. um, to your point about vintage, I mean, that requires, if you're going into vintage as a new reseller, Or as you know, experienced reseller, um, that requires a fair amount of research. And if you're going to become a reseller that focuses on bread and butter brands, that still requires a fair amount of research. I mean, Becky Park sells like Talbots. I wouldn't know the first thing to pick up from Talbots. Mm -hmm. Like it just, it's an automatic skip for me because it's not my expertise. I don't know it whatsoever. Mm -hmm. If I spent all day checking comps on every talent piece I found, I would be there for like You'd hours. You'd be in
1: there forever. You'd be there forever. Absolutely. But that's what you're like saying. It's like going back to the conversation about how we're all retailers, right? So mm-hmm. we're not going to be everything to everyone, right? Yes. It's finding yeah. that niche, that area where you feel comfortable or, and that you're happy to do, right? Um, that you will learn it and you'll know it in and out, right? Because like you said, I mean, um you know tj maxx is not going to start selling vintage anytime soon <laughs> like you know what i mean <laughs> right. it's just like they know what they do, exactly. know what they're good at they know what they can find and it's the same with all these other boutique retailers you know and that's not to say that like vintage is better or bread and butter is better but either way it's like you have to do your research no matter what you're going to sell right right mm-hmm. Yep, Mm -hmm.
2: exactly. And I think, you know, people who are able to pull off the business model of I sell anything and everything, like they blow my mind because I can't, I I can't (laughs) possibly do that. And so I, what I really recommend is exactly what you're saying. Just find your niche, find your business model, become an expert in that and really tailor it to like what is available to you. What kind of sourcing you like to do? What kind of research you like to do? Because kind of what Danielle was saying earlier. Mm -hmm. Like I love just going on Shop Op Revolve Forward all these places and just filling up a shopping cart. Like I've You're been never gonna people. buy ever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like this And mm-hmm. so I just that's I love those brands. I love I love mid tier luxury. That's where mm-hmm. I really Enjoy that's your home, being, that's your home. Yes, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so tailoring your business model to all these different factors because they do make it a big difference, and then just you know hitting the gas pedal and researching a little mm-hmm. bit every week, I think just makes a massive difference. And you know, if what I'm sharing on my stories is helpful, that's great, but if not, like it's totally fine because what we're all doing is tailored for us. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that said so often in the community, like don't compare yourself, but you can still cheer on someone else's business model and learn different aspects of it. But, um, you know, you really got to figure out what, what yours is.
1: Yes. No. And I, and I love that you said that because it's like, I think that the comparison, right? I, I know I hear so many people who are like, well, I can't find this brand. I was just <laughs> going to say find that. that. I can here, right? You in every time, <laughs> I can't find. And it's like, that's okay. You don't have to do what I'm doing. You don't have to be mid-tier luxury. You can do bread and butter. You could do, you know, vintage. You can do all that kind of stuff. It's like, not only tailoring to what you like, like, it's always good to start, I think, as a reseller, like, start with what you know right? Mm-hmm. Start, and we always tell people, right? Like shop your closet first, you know, start there. What do you wear? Like, what do you like? And yeah. I'm sure that if like you're liking it. Other people in your area might also like it. So maybe you can find more of that brand, you know, or those styles that are out there yeah. and grow from there. But, um, there's no need for everybody to be selling Revolve and everyone to be selling yeah. Farfetch, you know, all that kind of stuff. Exactly, like, exactly. of course, we want to find all that stuff. All of us do, but right, it's um, true. And, and not everybody's it. looking for that too. Not everyone's looking exactly. for that. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And I think when you become more experienced as a seller, you start to realize what it is your customer base really wants. This goes back to what Mogi was saying in the beginning of like yes. understanding the business, knowing and, your
1: customer. You no, know, mm-hmm. right,
0: and realizing that okay. Cool, I can access all of these mid tier luxury brands, mm-hmm. but my customers really like J. Crew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then you're mm-hmm. now you realize, okay, well, what do my customers really like from J. Crew? Well, they like blazers and they like coats and, and dresses, right? Let's just throw those out there. Mm-hmm. So now when you're sourcing, you're looking at those specific things, you're understanding the nuances of the brand and what you know what you should be looking for within that brand. And maybe you take that knowledge about the mid-tier luxury that Mogi posts every day, and you're looking at those styles from those brands. And now you're seeing it in these J. Crew pieces that you're finding in the thrift store. Exactly. So now you're taking that knowledge and you're just applying it in a different mm-hmm. way. You can apply it to vintage, you can apply it into whatever genre you want to apply it to. You take what it is that you're mm-hmm. seeing. You go out, you whatever you can find in your area, and you're and you're just mimicking it. That that's all it is. That that's that's really the the best way that I could explain it to someone is mm-hmm. you don't have access to it, not a big deal. Do this. You know, yeah. look at what these yeah. other brands are doing and and mimic it. And it's the same thing when you compare the fashion runway shows of Chanel and Givenchy and Tom Ford. They're doing all these other mm-hmm. mid-tier brands are doing the exact same thing. They're looking at these shows and they're saying, okay, this is what they put out. Well, guess what? In the next cycle, they're doing the exact same thing, but they're just tailoring it to their brand.
2: Yeah. It's all the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly.
1: Um, Oh, I was was going to say, um, you know, both Daniela and Mogi, you guys have brought this up. I'd love to get your perspective on how are you finding out who your customer is because I know we've all mentioned that, you know, like, oh, I I see that my customer is this person or I see um, there might be people on here that might be like, I don't know how to look that up. Like, how do I, I know how I look that up too. And I'd be happy to share too, but I'd love to get your guys' perspective on that because I think we've all agreed knowing your customer base is incredibly important, right? And so it's one of the key things that you need to know as a reseller. It's what retailers do. They need to know. I know my customer is this age you know, lives here, has this income, likes mm-hmm. these brands, whatever. So how do you guys find out who your customers are? Moby, you can plug your spreadsheet that you have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I might have, I might
0: have. No, we actually, we're not selling <laughs> <rustling> it anymore. <laughs> Come um... on. Well, I, I have it.
2: Oh, good. It's... I hope it's useful. It um, is. But, um, well, yeah, I mean, I think, tracking data is really, really important, Mm -hmm. looking over your analytics and looking over, you know, who, what's selling at what price to whom is really good. It's historical data, and that's a really, like, the more you sell, the more historical data you're going to have, and so the more you can build an intimate knowledge of, like, from real hand experience who those people are, but I think, um, you know, you don't have to wait until you have a ton of sales in order to like aggregate that data and have an understanding. I think you can just kind of really look at what retailers are doing and say, okay, who is the ideal customer for, um, Crew, or who's the ideal customer for Shopbop or who's the ideal customer for Patagonia and like actually create, um, like a customer profile, say okay. like shopper, yeah, shopper yeah. profile, mm-hmm. yeah, shopper profile. You know, what age are they? Where do they live? What what do they like to do? What are other brands they're really into? You know, and start to really understand um, how they're learning about brands or how they're learning about what to buy. And then you can say, say your customer profile is a twenty year old who loves YouTube and watches hauls all day long. You can watch some hauls from like other you know, 20 year old mm-hmm. fashion influencers, and they all share different brands that they're mm-hmm. p- buying online. And you can start to really just get into the mind of, um, your customer in that way, or you can follow fashion influencers on Instagram, or you can read magazines that, you know, people magazine, maybe that's where they figure out where they're going to buy from. Or you can just, if there are people who just like to shop at the mall, go to the mall. <laughs>
0: like see what what is this jen does this (laughs) and i do it too yeah Yeah. i do it too Mm -hmm. it's because we have a lot of um in new england we have a lot of like outdoor malls and stuff we have a lot of those around here and it's fun to just go and there's all different brands which i think is the best part of it all and um just to go in like the the mall brand the mid-tier the luxury and just like Mm -hmm. seeing the trends that are the same and that are different within each one. I think that that helps you understand where the world is at with fashion at that moment in time. Cause fashion changes by the second, by yeah. the influencer, mm-hmm. by like, you know, it, it all depends. Exactly. Think about the North face Brown puffer coat. That was huge last year because of <laughs> like a couple of celebrities that wore it. Right. Like yeah. that yeah. was huge. And then it just mm-hmm. disappeared. It's like not a thing anymore, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, mm-hmm. and I think it's important to to remember that when you're looking at all this data, because you can pull data all day long, right? Like you may not be a data person and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like you can, the, I think the easiest way for people that, or just not into data because I like data, Moby likes data, Jen likes data, but a lot of the people I don't love like data. data. I, I know,
1: <laughs> and I'm like, give me a good old spreadsheet, okay? I just love it. But and I'll like, like plug it. in a formula into it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Jen loves it. But but like, yes, I'm such a nerd, I'm sorry.
0: But people, some so people don't, it. and they're like, I don't care what the number is, how can I do this? Mm-hmm. And I think for those people out there. If you're a Poshmark seller or an eBay seller, it doesn't matter what platform you're on, you can pull up your sales. Let's say you want to pull sales yes. for the last three months and just look and see what's been selling. And then it kind of gives you a better idea when you go into the thrift store, okay, well, you know, um, you know, 60% of the time I was selling this specific brand and it seems mm-hmm. to be a lot of genes. Okay. So maybe when I go into the thrift store next, that's what I need to focus on. And maybe I'm going to focus mm-hmm. on that category with this brand and, and kind of pinpoint those different things within your data mm-hmm. and go from there. This also yeah. comes with experience because you can look at data all day long in the beginning and none of it's going to make any sense because you're so <laughs> new there's nothing there for it's it. such
2: a small data set small like, sample right? size sample mm-hmm. size yeah exactly yeah. where it's just yeah. like it's gonna and it's going to be so biased and it's going to be yeah. so um, skewed and, and that's really true for a lot of resellers I think you know we get a lot of confirmation bias because we pick up you know, the same things
1: yeah. are over and over. And they're <laughs> yeah. Anthropology is like my best-selling brand. It's like yeah, 90% exactly. of your closet is Anthropology. It's like, come on. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah.
2: um I, I mean, there's like, some things to keep in mind when you're looking over your data for sure. But Mm -hmm. I think especially looking over if you've been a reseller for a while, what sold this time last year versus this year and like the differences. Mm -hmm. And because that's going to really give you an idea of maybe you've changed your sourcing style sourcing strategy, but if not really give you an idea of um, changing consumer trends and changing consumer Mm -hmm. behavior, because that's the thing is experienced resellers have to do just as much research as like new ones because things are always changing, like oh, we've been right. saying, and you mm-hmm. can't get complacent. You have to constantly yeah. be understanding what customers are looking for, and you need to stay
0: competitive. That, and that yeah. I think that's the most important mm-hmm. thing in reselling in any business. But being competitive—I mean, we're all friends, but we're all co- also competitors at the same time. Mm-hmm. We're all our own separate retailer. So yes, we are all friends and we cheer each other on, but at the same time. I mean our stuff is competing against each other that's just the reality of it against everyone who's out there selling things and I think right. there's just there's just so many components to it all and there's no one mm-hmm. white like right way to do it it's just understanding all these different aspects that you can incorporate within your business to help you grow and one way that mogi has found success with is understanding these brands and and sharing that mm-hmm. knowledge with everyone else and understanding you know, the data side of it all and and all of that. And um, Mm -hmm. my question to you, Mogi, is where do you see yourself with with reselling in like the upcoming, let's say, three years? Like, where do you mm. see your path in that? Like, do you still see you, that yourself taking yourself down that route of that mid-tier luxury and sourcing on your own and all of that? Or do you see yourself shifting a little bit because every, the market and everything is shifting and you're going to go more of that wholesale, maybe hyper-focus on a specific thing. Like, what what are, you, what are your thoughts on
1: that? That,
2: um, that? That's kind of my million dollar question right now. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what? If you don't know the answer, like- That's, that's fine too. Yeah. Well, I, I mean-
2: <laughs> I do. I do have a, a somewhat understanding of um, things are going to change for me. Yeah. Um, I think for when I I signed my lease, a three year lease in my office space, in Portland. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it'll be three years in August, so my lease is up in August. So it's actually this is a question that's on my mind: If you, where do I want to? Do I want to stay here? Do I want to expand? Do I want to mm-hmm. shrink back? These are mm-hmm. questions that are definitely top of mind for me right now. Um, in 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 the past like we talked about i've always been grow 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 like we're mm-hmm. year year over year we want to grow um a lot and like uh, aggressively and we've um you know we've paid ourselves a, basically a, a set amount every month and then um turned everything back into um growth so right. um what i i think this industry is booming i think it's growing i don't Think it's gonna slow down anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I think over you know, the next 20 years, consume customer behavior is just gonna be more and more. What I would like to see is people buying secondhand more and more, which I mean, all the trend reports say that's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And also when they buy things, thinking of it from a perspective of can I give this garment a second home? Like eventually, is this something that will actually like be worth selling in the future because mm-hmm. I think if you can prolong the like lifespan of a garment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then that's obviously way more sustainable so I think you know younger generations are probably more apt to think that way and as they get older that's going to become the norm um so I think this industry is around us Stay. I've wanted to be a part of it in the next oh, definitely over the next three years um, but for me personally I think Grow, grow, grow mentality has been something that I've kind of taken a step back from, and I'm like, I actually really, really like where I'm at now. Yeah, mm -hmm, I'm I'm just going to maintain this year. That's kind of (laughs) (laughs) grow, just maintain. Yeah, Um, and really start to and and something that goes along with that, which is really nice, is that when you're not growing, you can really start to dive into the elements that you fell in love with to begin right. with. Mm-hmm. Um and so yeah, focusing more on um sourcing less, but mm-hmm. those more higher quality pieces with a faster yeah. rate um is something that I'm excited about. But awesome. uh, who knows honestly yeah. change so yeah. <laughs> I really don't know. Like, I, don't
0: know. Um, I don't think like any it's... of us really know, but I, I would mm-hmm. have to agree yeah. with you, Mogin, and, and you know I think Jen's in the same place right now too. Mm-hmm. You know, finding those pieces that are really worth it and focusing the time on those pieces and, and the investment on those pieces. And maybe it means you're only coming home at five things or or two things. Um, but those two things are so worth it for you. Yeah. And it's so worth it for the business and in every mm-hmm. aspect and your time and all of that and, and focusing on whatever else it is that you want to focus mm-hmm. on. Because I feel like when you're in that constant growth mentality, and we all get sucked into it, you
1: lose sight mm-hmm. of even
0: the simplest things like reading a book. Like Jen and I have made this promise that we're going to read a book and we have yet to like sit down. Well, and- we,
1: we read one, we read one. Yeah, we read one book and that a- was a- it. A- <laughs> <laughs> like, like
0: once a month, we want to like make sure that we both sit down and we read the same book and like talk about it. Like just small things like that. Like you did the the cold shower challenge, like something so simple like that. Like, uh, like claiming mm-hmm. that time back and finding ways yeah. to do that within the business, I think is something that,
1: I love that. Um, As yeah. you
0: progress as a reseller, that's kind of like your your like I've made it. Like this is where I want to yeah. be kind of
1: thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that and nothing wrong with wanting to do refinement, right? Mm-hmm. Refining your process. That is also something I don't think a lot of us talk about because I think so many of us are so so focused on like you said grow 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 grow, but sometimes you're like, wait, I'm in a good spot and it's okay for me to just not necessarily coast i don't like that word you know but it's just like refine yeah. and how can i make what i'm doing better more sustainable how can i be quicker you know with this process or like you said maybe now it's time to hire somebody else to do this for me instead so that i can focus on this aspect of my business that i feel like i need to tweak it a little bit you know that yeah. type of thing so i think it's really refreshing to hear that honestly because mm-hmm. it's like it's it's cool to hear that somebody who's like you know, I need to, I need to take a step back and I need to like, to see the whole picture and see where I'm going. Because sometimes we're so like tunnel vision, right? Especially as entrepreneurs, because that is the way that you're always forward thinking. You're always like, what's the next thing? Where, where, where can I bring more income? Where can I do this? And sometimes we stop to think, what do I have? What do I have right now? And how can I make that better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. a
2: hundred percent. I mean, I think growth, is important in life in general but it doesn't always have to be your business that's growing like it can be kind of what we're saying yourself you're growing you're growing yourself and you know reading meditating doing the cold shower challenge you know whatever that is challenging yourself to grow or it can be you know the reason why I'm probably I'm not going to focus on growing and this is really what I've figured out this year is that i basically created I, I feel like I've created a business model where now I'm starting to view things as widgets. You know, we're like processing 600 a month and it's no longer like, oh, these clothes I love. It's it's like um, a commodity. <laughs> you know, right, just, you know, yeah, right. Um,
1: gotta you know, get like, through yeah. it, yeah. I, gotta do it, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to
2: grow, you know, to the million dollar revenue, which is kind of like, was kind of a challenge. I was thinking, do I want to take that on? Um, it would just be... A lot of the same things but just at a bigger scale and my job would be managing employees like and that would just be what it is and mm-hmm. I was just is that really what I want to do right. it's a completely different job I mean it's essentially not reselling anymore you're just managing people which is you know some people love um, it's not really something it's, it's been a challenge for me honestly and um, something that um, you know uh is just very 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 different um right. than mm-hmm. what selling is so um, i decided you know and someone who's doing that really well is denali alducho she's like I feel like we kind of started like in a similar space maybe a couple mm-hmm. of years like one year ago we both got off of spaces and she's just like she's <laughs> on <laughs> the other <You> end know. <laughs> i know yeah. mm-hmm. but she's, she's killing it you know yeah, exactly. And she loves it. And mm-hmm. that's, um, I mean, you just have to kind of figure out where do you want to grow? So I decided, you know, this time last year, Matt and I started building this new company. And so
1: in 2022
2: yeah. we're going to launch that. And that's going to, that's massive place of growth for me because it's mm-hmm. a lot of things I've never done before. And we're going to focus on growing that. And so, um, it's just, yeah, you're, your life, your business Mm -hmm. always evolving um, and growing different ways. And I think that's the beautiful thing about reselling is that it can always be a part of your life. It just doesn't have to be like the main, the part. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I get that. I totally do understand that. I, you know, and I think that that is your entrepreneurial spirit. You know, you, you see that a lot of entrepreneurs, lots of times when they're they feel like their baby, right. It's all done. They've Mm -hmm. propped it up. Everything's good. Okay. It can run. I'm going to go now work on this next product. Right. And it's like, (laughs) that's okay. That's, that's, that's definitely, um, you know, it's something that like, I, I see, you know, a lot of people that they do when they are true entrepreneurs, right. It's about building it up, you know, scaling it, growing it, getting to a place where it's efficient and it's running itself. And it's like, okay, I'm going to now, start on this new project yeah. <laughs> yeah I was like and now you move on to you know? the next because that's that's how yeah. entrepreneurial life works. Next. that's yeah. what I no. realized
2: about myself is I love starting businesses and growing them and I don't really like leaving <laughs>
1: yeah. like being in the, you like being in the thick of it in the thick of it
2: yeah. right yeah. and like
1: in the weeds and like getting it done yeah. and being scrappy and figuring it all out and, yeah. and, that's, and that's a true entrepreneur
2: yeah and that's when you have all the challenges and you're problem solving and you're figuring things out and you're failing Mm -hmm. and you're learning but then eventually you get to a place where it's just like okay we figured it out now we just need to like add more people add more clothes Mm -hmm. add you know just add Mm -hmm. add add and it's Mm -hmm. not really challenging anymore it's just um just needs to be maintained and I just don't really find a lot of joy in that so yeah I I like creating businesses not not really running (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing. Well, that's where you get, you get
1: people, other people to run it for you.
2: Yeah, exactly. And And now you're you're employing people people and you're creating jobs. Exactly. And that's the thing is, um, I really do. I, I have so much appreciation for the people who work for me and, um, Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful to them, but it it is like such a cool thing that this business can not only support me and my partner, but other people as well. And I find a lot of, you know, um, meaning and have uh, pride in that so I think that's yeah, reselling I
0: said, is about as selling as I clothes. There's so much more. Yeah, <laughs> so much more.
1: <laughs> there is, there is. But no, that's exciting. That's exciting. Like you said, I think that is nice to think, like taking a step back. Not everything has to be about reselling all the all the time. Cause I mean there is it's easy to burn out. It's easy to get tired, right? To to do all that. I know I've shared for myself, like I've actually with the pause a lot on my reselling journey myself. Um You know, I used to, I used to have an app, like I developed inventory management app. I was doing all that, but with COVID and everything with me, with the baby, you know, I just couldn't go out and source. I couldn't do all that kind of stuff. And I couldn't bring my business to that next level. So I was just like, I had to put a pause on all that right now. Yeah. And it's like, and that's okay. That's Amen. okay. You know? So it's like, that's fine. I'm doing other things right now, but it's always nice to know that it's there and it's kind of a nice refreshing break you know for me but it's still such a passion in my heart because i love buying i love selling and so it's i'm so happy that i have now this outlet with with Frister's villa that i can come and you know talk to people in the community about like <laughs> the silliest things how we all get excited over like the new 2020 j crew tag that we just saw at the thrift store at ever north health
2: services we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder.
1: And everybody else is like, what are you talking about? You're like, oh, my God. It's the current season. It's just it's the current this i can't believe it it's like oh i just yeah. looked in the dumpster and there was a bag of clothes next to it i'm so excited <laughs> like, people are just like oh my god
2: <laughs> yeah that's that yeah i that's the other thing is just the community and the reselling world is just i mean it's one of the best communities i think that's online and yeah um people are just so supportive and so and we just get one another and like and that's another reason why i think i'll always be reselling at least a little bit you know probably my yeah. whole life just because it's just a Yeah, it's a beautiful place, space on the online world.
0: Yeah,
1: I agree with you. We are a (laughs) quirky bunch.
0: We are. And I think once you find your people, right, and you know Mm -hmm. that they're your people, there's always a part of you that even if you start to go into different directions, you always want to stay connected somehow. So, you know, Mm -hmm. who knows where we'll be. A year from now, never mind, you know, five years from now, whatever. And maybe we're in completely different directions. And, but we still have that little piece of reselling that we still do for ourselves mm-hmm. and to stay connected with everyone and, and mm-hmm. feel like we're making a difference.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. all these yes. wonderful things. Right. Plus reselling has absolutely destroyed regular shopping for me. So there's yeah. no way I can go back. <laughs> I know I can't go back. God, it's no, so hard like, to go back. I'm like, you want how much for that? No. Uh no, that's not happening. I can find no. that for $5.99. I can find that on Postmark right now.
0: <laughs> so true.
1: So yeah. true. Well, yeah. thank you so yeah. much, Mogi,
0: for coming on and talking to us. And I mean, we could keep talking, but I want to be mindful, obviously, no. of your time and Jen's time and everything. And this has been so much fun. I hope our listeners enjoyed this episode. 2022, let's just go out there and do it, guys. Take this knowledge and... I know it's crazy. It's 2022.
2: <laughs> even... Well, thank y'all so much for having me on. This was really, really fun. And I love this podcast. I'm so excited to see where y'all take it this year. We've got, got some big plans, Mogie.
0: We've got some yes, big plans say. for 2022. <laughs>
2: yes, happy new
1: year. Yeah, happy new year, everyone.
0: And uh yeah, we'll be back next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.